You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to this week's episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast, season 7, episode 32. And tonight I'm not joined just by one, but I'm joined by two. I'm drawing the both of you. How do it? And joined by John. Evening. Regular. And we've got a, a newcomer. So drum roll, please. Uh, we've got Tony. How you doing, Tony? Not bad, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Aye, good to have you on. So, give a wee introduction. Tony, I used to work with Tony a good few years ago now. What must be over 10 years ago? Yeah, it must be now since those head on the good days back in the old O2. Oh, aye. Um, so, Tony is a Celtic fan. Indeed, yeah. Uh, I'll refrain from calling you Tony the Tim. <laughs> um, but you are the Scott Bain of the podcast, because you're making your debut. In, in, in a big game, in a big game, I suppose. Hopefully he'll do well as well as him. Aye, exactly. Um, so I used to down south now, don't you? You say in Runcorn, yeah, Cheshire. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I try and get up every so often uh, for the odd occasional Celtic game. Uh, obviously, it's uh, not easy now uh, with the family, what have you. But yeah, I try and get up every so often, but still uh, keep a watch all Scottish football and what have you. Aye, uh, so you know more than most how much the English think of Scott. Yeah, it's a strange one actually because, um, especially down here, you've got a lot of like Liverpool fans who will ask you about certain players, like your boy Ngog. You know, you have Everton fans who will ask you about Naismith or perhaps. Um, so I mean, they kind of know of the teams, but if I'm being honest, I'm maybe not as interested, and that includes Celtic and Rangers. Is what I think sometimes the media make it out to be, you know? Yeah. Mind you, it's probably not much attached to what it is up here in terms of the way the media focus on Scottish football. Hmm. Yeah. No, but I think the I think the media in Scotland, I mean, when you go up to Scotland, um, I think the coverage is better in some aspects than when you get down here because sometimes the coverage, unless you've really got sky, it's not that in-depth. Whereas you've got your, obviously all your podcasts with all your fans, and then you've got the likes of BBC Scotland and Radio Clyde and what have you. So there's a great good depth over, especially on a Saturday. Sure. Uh, so we'll get started anyway. We get some, some more good news, apart from obviously you having you on for your first appearance. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> your weekly charity bets. Should have mm-hmm. won that for a while. Uh, our first goal scorer on it did they come in? Um, went for Toby the Queen of the South but it was Dom Thomas scored first for them however mm. our treble get changed to a double because the Livingston game gets postponed 3-2 mm. it's a minimum one as well and it added £28.70 to the pot not much but it's a win so we're up to £574.21 now yeah, we're slowly slowly getting to the, the 600 mark, um, but I think you deserve the full credit this week, John, because um, I was going to go for Motherwell, 
and you wanted to go with Kilmarnock, and we took your choice, and thank goodness we did. So, well done, you. Aye, it was a home form that, that went with it. I'm hoping the home form, that home form ends tomorrow, obviously. Um, but yeah, the home form for that. So, we'll see what we'll come up with later on. Generally, if we have a newcomer on, I think we use like a quite good work, Tony, so no pressure. <laughs> I'll try, I'll try my best. Um, so, may as well kick off with the Premiership review. Uh, should we start with Friday then? We'll go in chronological order. Mm. Yeah. With the Edinburgh Derby. A bit one-sided, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> one-sided, yeah. what? I don't even think Hearts had a shot on target. Nah. They didn't. Um, I think, from what I heard of the game, I didn't... Didn't see only the highlights, but from what I heard, both sides weren't particularly great in the first half. Hibs were doing most of the probing, Hearts were just defending, and then second half, nice strike by Scott Allen, um, to open scoring. Um, incidentally, it's his first top flight goal. Ah, I've seen that, yeah. Mm-hmm, which mm. is, was interesting because um, obviously he's only goal for Dundee came in the Scottish Cup, and he left Dundee United very early. After just four games, um, he decided he was too good for him and his career went sideways. But he's found his home at Hibs and he was good in the championship with him and he's been a revelation in that position again alongside McGeoch and, and McGinn and that was a sweet short sight. And and then they get the second later on, McLaren was unlucky hitting the bar earlier and then he does very well to get the shot in for the second goal but... The defending from Hearts, you don't often see us about them this season. Wasn't particularly great. Four four players around him, he still gets his strike in. Yeah, I think the one thing with Hearts defence though that we've seen recently is that they do struggle with a physical player up front against him because he struggled against Curtis Main in the cup last week, and then both Camberry and McLaren uh, fair bit of strength in them. Obviously, McLaren shows that with the second goal. So possibly that's an area where maybe John Suter, for example. Needs to improve dealing uh, with those physical defenders. Sorry, physical attackers. It's strange because you would think, like, with a defensive bearer and Suter, you've got quite a bit of experience there at the back. I mean, they're not, yeah, like, they're youngsters. Yeah, I think so that's... Thought... So, Tony. Oh, sorry. No, I'm just thinking that you'd thought they'd had a wee bit more experience and then... When you see who they've got up front, you've got the likes of Naismith, again, another player who's been around for a long time, Premier League, won championships with Rangers in Lafferty. They've never created much, from, from what I've seen anyway, um, from the highlights. Yeah, I think they went they went there to defend and then hopefully hit the counter. Um, probably what didn't help as well was Craig Levine wrote Hibs, Hibs team top for him, with the whole mm. natural order comments and all that type of thing. I mean, that, that's just daft. Yeah, well, it certainly came back to biting the backside, eh? Oh, I massively. I mean, that well, the thing is as well, the Hibs record against Hearts recently is, what, last five Hibs wins in the league? Yeah. Last five um, games at Easter Road, Hibs have won. Yeah. I think that's what it is, but um, I don't know what the, the form is in, in terms of league games overall, but I think the last Hearts win... I guess Hibs was the first championship game between the two of them. I think every other game since then has been either a draw or Hibs win. And really, when you think about it, it should have been three Hibs victories in the league this season, given the, the goal that never was. 
we yeah. only saw in that last game. So Hearts yes, have no. certainly ridden their luck against Hibs in that respect. But um, they get well and truly beaten, um, and it could have even been more. It's yeah. quite a statement from Levine to come out with. Um, you would think, bearing in mind you've got to play them again, that you would maybe wait until after you've played Hibs before you start making those kind of statements. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good, it's good for us, though, in terms of talking about oh, it. Oh, yeah. And I think it's good to have that wee bit of needle that you have between managers. Obviously, we'll come on to it later on, but we've got Clark and McInnes, where there's mm. maybe something going to brew there. Um, actually, just now, the ones I'm most respectful are Rogers and Murty towards each other when they talk in terms of rivalry. But Hibs have obviously been held in the January transfer window. Scott Allen's come in, didn't really do much at Dundee, was in and out of the team. He's come in there, I think it's helped also McGinn and McGeeck play their more mm-hmm. that type of game. So they're not having to force as much going forward. Scott Allen stepped in there, supplying the two strikers as well, contributing now with a goal. Hibs are looking a really good team. That's them now two points behind Aberdeen. I mean, they're 12 points ahead of Hearts with a game in hand as well. So, good first season back. Could potentially even get even better. Yeah, well, obviously, from our point of view, we hope it doesn't get much better. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, they're doing very well. I mean, Neil Lennon's bought very wisely, or signed wisely in January. Um, he'll be hoping that he can get the two front men on an even longer deal for next season. We'll see what happens there. Um, but yeah, they've got good crowds. Easter Road's been, what, 18,000 at least every week. Um, yeah, things are looking up for that club, whereas uh, Hearts, on the pitch certainly, they've gone in a bit of a, a standstill just now. So um, the natural order this season is that Hibs are by far the top dogs in Edinburgh. Yes. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with that. I think ever since... The whole fiasco with the the stand, uh, and then obviously there was the whole Levine and the team not doing well, and there was a large section of their fans want to get rid of Levine at one point. If you remember the beginning of the season, it's it's been a shaky start for them, and then they had a, a good middle patch, but again they've started to look bad again. You know, like as you said, losing silly goals over on Friday night there against Hibs. So the second one. As you said, there was like three of them around the lad, and they just couldn't get anywhere near or even get a block in. Yeah, definitely. Even as well for the first one, I think it's Camberry uh, managed to drift out wide and he causes problems against the defence and they don't cope with that either. The only thing you could say about Hearts recently would be why they've got a lot of young players playing. Uh, mm. Obviously when they were playing well, but You've got, a, you've got a few in there now. Godinho, Cochrane, obviously, Moore, uh, McDonald, and there's a boy often as well. Yeah. Who's new to the league. So maybe they were always going to get a wee dip at one point. Plus, as well, at the weekend, they actually left Hughes on the bench. I think they're maybe a bit more solid when they've got that three at the back. That's a protection. So maybe now they're playing two at the back. Possibly the super is getting a bit exposed by that. I mean, I watched them obviously in the game in the best Celtic 4-0, and that night they were phenomenal. Um, everything was just going for them. There was good touches of the ball. I mean, they made Celtic look like an average team that night. So to see them play from that to where they were on Friday night, I think, yeah, it was quite a big surprise for me personally to see that kind of tactic that they had. 
in a game against Hibs. Yeah, I think Levine in that game was almost had his hands forced because he's had a few defensive um, injuries that day, and he just says, "Right, let's just go for it, play a high press." In that game against Celtic, he studied them against Anderlecht, and obviously it worked a treat. They won the game four 0 But since then, they've mm. reverted. Levine's reverted to type. You know, it's got to be a solid base first, and just see if we can nick in the break. And it gets you so far um, at times, and well, Hibs just put on. I don't even think Hibs put them under relentless pressure, but they kept knocking at the door, and it was just a matter of they had the quality and uh, finding a way through. And as I say, that was a sweet strike by Scott Allen. Should have been closed down quicker, but um, give credit because it was his weaker foot as well. His left foot it was a terrific finish, um, and yeah, it was a good start to the the weekend action. You yep. won't be calling it rivalry weekend. I think they were calling it, weren't they? That was a hashtag on Twitter or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Sky had yeah, because Sky had uh, Man United Liverpool on the Saturday as well, and can't remember what other games. I think Chelsea Crystal Palace, and then uh, some game yesterday, which we'll talk about later. <laughs> yeah. uh, I suppose we could move on to the next game. Then it would be considered, well, definitely not considered that as a rivalry. Uh, Hamilton against Motherwell. Hamilton against Motherwell, even. Sorry, as we discussed earlier, there was a possibility of Motherwell going in the charity bet which could by the recent form would have been fair enough however Hamilton in the end won quite comfortably probably by the fact that Saras wasn't playing and that was a blessing <laughs> rather than anything else yeah you stole, you stole my thunder there John I was thinking the same thing um, we often do that they were without though someone that's more influential than Embry uh, like him or load him he is influential for Hamilton I think Oh yeah, he's a he's a dirty little sod, but he's a you know he helps get the team riled up and but they deserved a win for what I saw in the highlights. I mean, Stephen Robinson was very critical of his team afterwards. Um, bit of opportunistic the first goal. Can't remember the name of the boy who scored, but David Templeton showed again what a key player he is to that team. Um, such composure could have easily went down from a challenge when we queue at the edge of the box, but stayed on his feet. Lovely finish and you know. He's central to their survival hopes, you would think. Oh, yeah, you yeah. spoke a fair bit this season, Templeton. Getting a lot of games as well, which has helped. He's, I mean, there must have been, what, at least, what, three years he's been out He's been out the game in terms of top flight. Um, mm. Been out for close on maybe two years in terms of not playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's revived his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when he left Hearts, he... he kind of vanished for a bit obviously when and then he re- re- reappeared back at Rangers and he, he never really done it I felt to Rangers I think whether it be that they never played him in the right position or they didn't know how to play him like like what they're doing with O'Halloran actually but he never quite kicked off so to see him Hamlin and obviously being in the form that he is I think it's good good for him as well for his confidence to get back you know, back into that kind of playing regularly week in, week out. Yeah, I think it's a combination of things with Templeton. Um, we, probably the playing style at Rangers might not have suited him, we don't know. He's certainly a confidence player, but the other big mm-hmm. thing was injuries. It's always held him back in his career. Um, whether he'll regret his choice going to Rangers, I mean, having scored against Liverpool um, in the, yeah. Europa, the Europa League qualifiers to then go and play against Elgin on the Sunday is a bit of a come down. Mm-hmm. Um, but Obviously, he's made that choice, but certainly Hamilton, 
he's had a couple of periods of injured, but he's always come back in better form. Um, I think that's been the key. He's my he's he's a confidence player and. Uh, Cannon's played him a position where he can just um, go and express himself and he's doing very well Yeah I mean I think they touched on it last night in sports scene. I think it was Stephen Thompson touched on it the fact that probably other clubs will start showing interest again in him because of his form I think one thing to consider as well about Templeton he's been around for a while he came through and I saw at 16 so he's plenty of experience he's still only 29 mm-hmm. uh, probably in the, what you would call maybe the peak years is his career as well so Still plenty of time for him maybe to get a, bit, a bigger move again. He used to be a winger, didn't he? Because I've seen that, um, again, I've only seen the highlights from Sportsman, but it looked like he was playing behind the front two at Hamilton. That seemed to be the position they were trying to indicate, but I'm sure when he started off at half, he used to play out in the wing. Yeah, I definitely I was always kind of a wide player. Hmm. I think as well, probably he's getting more of a chance. Have a free roll because Ali Crawford's not really been as influential for Hamilton now this season. Hmm. Well, that's their second win in a row now for Hamilton. And if he's kept winning games, just picking up points here and there, it's a difference. Because if you look at Links of Party Thistle, I don't think they've won in five in Ross County. They've only won one in the last six. So two in a row, I mean, that's, that's six points you're getting. And I'm starting to get a wee bit of a gap between them and the bottom. Well, they've moved. Like you know when it starts. Love yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's done his research well. He's obviously listened. Yeah. Uh, I, I, told him, I told him he was getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was getting paid more than me, yes. We say it every season about Hamilton. They're always the favourites to go down, but they always manage to find a way to stay up. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think they work within the means. They don't go crazy. They know their budget. Um, you know, and obviously they sold the boy Doherty um, to Rangers, so that's brought some cash in, which they could maybe recuperate either in the youth system or bring somebody through, you know. So they obviously know what they're doing. So you can't fault them. It wasn't that long ago. It was maybe three or four years ago that they were in the top six and they were yeah. challenging. It probably disappointment then from there, and it probably suffers. A lot of teams suffer from this. They're in a pretty decent catch area, you would say, in terms of getting pounds. And mm. yeah, I mean, Saturday, Derby between the two teams, and the crowd was only just over 3,000. Yeah, it is disappointing when you hear that. Um, it's unfortunately, say, Hamilton and Mother were both um, you know, within 20 miles of Glasgow. Um, so more often than not, there's going to be more buses heading out of uh, these towns going to um, Ibrox and Parkhead um, rather than going to see the local team. But unfortunately, they're just two of uh, many places in Scotland um, that suffer from that. But um, but yeah, Hamilton, we keep writing them off. Um, you know, we've been saying they're still down there, but you know they've got these couple of wins, get some into fourth bottom, so they've even. Um, leapfrogged another team this weekend so mm-hmm. yeah um, they can't complain I mean in a couple of weeks they might well be back down there but that's just the way nature is down at the bottom half I mean you just yeah. never know what's going to happen I, I mean I don't know what I don't know if either of you guys know what has been the highest points total that a team has been relegated with no either you know was it not Inverness oh. last season with 35 was it 30, so 35 so how are they 29 just now and they've still got yeah, they've got two, ga- yeah, got two games in hand over the rest of them. 
So potentially they could go up to 35, which would put them up to 7th with Motherwell. Yeah, I think at the moment as well, I mean, the top five teams, well, with the exception of one, um, it's been in fairly good form recently. Mm. So it's almost, it almost has become a, a, a split already, in effect. Such place is probably still to be, I would say, decided. But the rest, you would say, it's quite clear what's going to happen. Yeah, I think Mother will be kicking themselves as well um, because with Hearts getting beat, this is a great opportunity for them to um, close the gap in, on on Hearts um, for that top six spot. But looks as though they've blown it. And then they've obviously got a tough game this weekend. Um, you never know what might happen, but they'll need to perform a lot better than they did on Saturday if they want to get in that top six again. We're an erratic team, Motherwell. You never quite know what you're going to get. And it must be frustrating if you're a Motherwell fan. Because one minute they look, again, like a good team. You know, they'll get a result here. And then they go to a bad couple of games and then they win again. And then they may win another one and then they go on a bad run. Example being, you know, with the Scottish Cup, they beat Hearts. And then you're thinking, oh, well, th- this is it. They may kick on here. And then they lose the Lanarkshire Derby. So it's a strange one with Motherwell. Yeah, maybe again similar to Hearts. They there's been quite a few youngsters playing on that team as well. So I suppose maybe that's why they've had a kind of slight dip again. And it had to happen as well. All the hype all after the Hearts game was about the Cal McHugh goal and how you know it was a wonder strike and he was a hard beat to the team and he was a fault for the second but he kinda of lost it and he ended up chasing the guy and he was lucky he never gave away a penalty actually. The yeah. to score. Um, and that's just sod's lawn. It always happens uh, after somebody gets built, not built up, but gets a wee bit highlighted. Then the next week, an error happens, sadly, for the lad. Aye. The thing is, well, you look at, I uh, mean, people have said that Motherwell have been having a pretty good season, apparently, if they want to win their two games and have a good level with Motherwell. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah. we'll move on. What's that? I was going to say, that it's crazy when you think of it that way. Uh, so many people, as you say, have been saying how good Motherwell are, but that's just Hamilton. They just seem to be under the radar every year, apart from the beginning of the season, when everybody tips them to go down. And then after that, you never really hear much about them. Yeah. Uh, we'll move on. I suppose it is, a, it is kind of a derby. It tastes like Dundee to Johnson. I don't know. I suppose maybe today we've got a proper derby to them. Well, there's only 20 miles of a difference, so, you know, if you call Liverpool Man United the Derby, then that's got a bigger distance, and this is, you've got to classify this as um, a Derby as well. Obviously, no one near the same scale, but... Ah, it's not as big as Dundee, Dundee United, obviously, but it's still a rivalry, you know. Same the only reason, I, only reason I ever knew about this was because Stuart Cosgrove, obviously a St. Johnston fan, and he used to always talk in Radio Scotland about, obviously, the rivalry between them and Dundee, but does anyone know why there's a rivalry between them and Dundee? Maybe it's going back to old First Division days or something, I've no idea. Um, it might well be because, as well, St. Johnston, like ourselves, don't really have a proper rival, and that's the closest to them. Um, whereas Dundee nice to see their other rivals as Aberdeen so yeah. St Johnson just took the, the worst half of it I don't know it's not something I've delved into um, 
but yeah, there was certainly some sparks flowing in this game at the certainly at the end. Um, I mean, I've heard a lot of people saying if that was Neil Lennon, it'd be all over newspapers. I think the media have given Neil McCann a very easy ride here um, by barely mentioning it. I thought his behaviour was absolutely disgraceful. Um, Starting the kit man for no reason and then goes to lift his hand to Xander Clark. Um, And then he falls out by yet again slotting his players in public. That's a manager that's just Surely he's not got a dressing room because that's not the first no. time he's slotted sort of the dressing room. That's at least five or six, and you know it's no wonder they're getting beat four 0 home with that kind of example. Yeah, I think he's one of those folk that thinks he's better than the player. You know that way he thinks he's oh I've done it and mm. I'm great. Look at me. Yeah. Whereas so far management wise, he's been very hit and miss. Don't know, it's his first full season, but. I don't know. You, you thought that they've done well getting Colker in there, and then they get, they get a, a defeat like that against St. George, who haven't exactly been setting the header on fire recently. Okay, they picked up a couple of wins, but. Um, They're not exactly a free scoring team, St. Johnston, and they lost 4 no. 0 to them. And I think that must be going as well. Um, and it's funny you mentioned Colker, um, because when a Scotland supporters. Um, group that I follow, there's some people saying, well, he's eligible to play, um, why not call him up? Well, when he's part of a defence that's losing 4-0 and he was playing horrendously, that's why you don't pick him. Well, yeah. I've heard stuff as well, like um, he'd went to Dundee because it was some sort of pact and Celtic would get him at the start of next season. And to be honest, we've got enough problems in defence. <laughs> <laughs> So I had another problem after watching that. So I hope that isn't the truth. But yeah, they were an absolute shambles. Um, was it um, McGuinness? Um, Josh McGuinness? He had an absolute nightmare. I Mickens, I. Oh, Mickens, sorry, Mickens. Oh, I, I, it's a thought for two to go, certainly. Mm. That one we tried to wait to let the ball go out. Like the ball was literally going a bit so slow. The conditions, it's a sticky pitch, and he's trying to let it go. He just couldn't believe what you were watching, to be honest. Uh, he got away, he got away deserted. I hate when defenders do that. There's like no no attempt to play the ball at all. So, I uh, no sympathy for him at all. I tell you what, I was surprised that um, the Dundee have got the lad Murray. I never realised that actually until I've seen the highlights. I'm, su- I'm surprised that he never really kick-started his done well at, at Hibs. Because I thought they'd done a wee bit better there. Because uh, he started the season really well in the Cup and then even the league he'd score a few goals, but Hibs have certainly ended up um, better off for it since he's gone. In terms of the two to get in. Oh yeah, definitely. There's, um, now that Hibs have benefited from that transfer, when that weird trio that saw um, Bain go from uh, he was originally loaned at Hibs, then went on loan to Celtic. Um, Alan was a loan at Dundee, then went to Hibs. And Murray, who was a Hibs player, then went to Dundee. So I think it was a bit of a weird triangle, that. Um, then, no, certainly, um, I thought Murray would do a wee bit better than what he did. I mean, he scored two, he scored two goals against Partick, but other than that, he's not done much since he's went to Dense Park. But he's not been helped by the whole team being a bad run and the problems for Dundee are at the back just now. 
and hopefully, yeah. hopefully that continues this weekend up at Petodre. Uh, I, I think there's more problems than just at the back. It, Dundee have, I think, for a good few few years, even under Harley, have lacked creativity. Mm. Uh, you've got McGillian, I suppose, but McGillian don't really have a fulfilled, uh, fulfilled its potential. Aside from that, what else have they really got creativity-wise? Not much. Yeah, there's, there's not, not much in that squad, is there really? It's quite a, a thin squad. And you would think with McCann being a, a winger, that he would want maybe a couple of decent white players in that team to try and maybe add a wee bit extra creativity. Yeah. I think McCann still thinks he's a pundit sometimes with the way he comes out, because he says the things that makes great media. Well, it's not great from a Dundee point of view. They want their manager to be on their side. And I get he's probably frustrated at certain performances, but to continuously come out and slaughter them. But maybe because he is a, a media man, that's why, you know, his, his fellow peers will not slate him as much as maybe they would slag a, a Neil Lennon, for example, if he did that. But Lennon can at least back himself up by, he only does it occasionally. He'll back. He'll then get his, a reaction in the next game and Hibs normally get results, whereas Dundee just go from bad to worse. And they're right back in the mix now after that result. Yeah, is, I definitely. Is the big guy James McPake? Is he still at the club or is he's he retired? Or he's recently is retired. Yeah. I was wondering because I, I, I thought he was at Dundee and I hadn't, I hadn't seen him for a while. I hadn't heard so. I think that'll be a big loss for them as well. Yeah, I think defensively as well. The cup players in there, they're on paper of previously been pretty good. I mean, Meekins at Inverness at times was getting talked about kind of good moves, obviously Colker, mm-hmm. played for some pretty big clubs, the Spanish boy, Otteretz, Tende, has uh, played with Atletico Bilbao and stuff like that, I think even play, I think even might have played in a Europa League Cup final, and that, then you've got Alex Akea, who's very high, who's pretty highly rated, the young right back. Yeah. Dan Adiz had a poor season as well. well he, mm. uh, he's awful. Yeah, o- 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 do you know what? Odie o- was one of those defenders of Celtic that he was one of the best defenders of the club when he was injured. <laughs> you know, I think every club has that when a player's injured and everybody says, oh, he's the best defender. And then he comes back and then you realise, mm, yeah, maybe you're not the best defender. <laughs> That's a oh. good point. Aye. Well, on the flip side, though, Dundee, eh, not Dundee, sorry, St. Johnson. Uh, Kane obviously gets a double, probably could have had a hard trick. So that might get their season going. Because they're still not, uh, they're still have a chance of top six, especially after having to beat the Hearts. Don't think they'll do it, but they still have a chance. Yeah, I would say they're all but safe now. I mean, I know it's not mathematically certain yet, but um, I think a couple of wins and they'll be all right. Um, I think it's between. Hamilton, Dundee, Thistle and County to stay up now. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go along with that as well. I, I think County are gone, to be honest with you. I'd, I'd be amazed if they came back. Well, it's, I, it's going to take a, a quick transformation, certainly, but maybe I'll move on to them. They come, they come on at game. Uh, my father-in-law was at the game. He's a it's kind of Kelly Fannies. I think he's only a Kelly fan when they're doing well. Um, <laughs> but I, I mean, they were, come on, they were very comfortable. 
first half, even probably most of the second half, and then at least County have maybe shown a wee bit of fight there and pulled two goals back near the edge. That maybe gives Kettlewell and Ferguson something to work with. Uh, whether they've maybe tried to adapt the style of play as well in terms of playing from the back, that'll take time. Yeah, I don't think you can change, the, change these things overnight. It's a bit of a risk going with two inexperienced managers at this stage of the season. And for what I have got a mate um, who's a Kilmarnock fan, and he was saying that it was comfortable apart from the last five minutes, they just switched off. Um, and for what I saw in the highest, Kilmarnock looked comfortable um, playing the ball well. Um, Amy Brophy took his goal very well. Um, so Lee Irwin two goals in a week for him because he scored in the win against St. Johnson. Um, yeah, so it was pretty comfortable for Kamarna and I know they've got I know Ross County got two late goals but defending was poor. I think the goalkeeper was suspect again. They've had problems with the goalkeepers all season between Fox and McCrea. There's been a lot of mistakes between them. And uh, yeah, it's it's really not looking good for them. Um you never know. They might spring a result of nowhere this weekend, who knows? But um I think they're going to struggle to survive and Roy McGregor will be regretting his hasty move to sack uh, Jim McIntyre now. Oh, yeah. yeah that was, that was... It was a strange one why they got rid of McIntyre, I think. They should have given him at least to the end of the season and then seen how it goes there. I think the coil thing was just People have got a big name manager and we hope this will work and it's just not worked for them sadly. Yeah, I think the reason why McGregor did it was because he learned that Coyle was available because it happened very quickly because it was on the Monday McIntyre was sacked and then by the Thursday Owen Coyle was installed and the move was seen as, uh, you know, it was going to be revolutionary. They've got a manager who once had experience in the English Premier League um, but unfortunately in Owen Coyle's case since that FA Cup semi-final defeat where Bolton got absolutely pumped um, off Stoke City, his stock has just continued and continued to fall. Um, I get that there was family reasons as well why he decided to just take the decision to leave, but um, I don't know if he would have made that decision so hastily if Ross County had been surviving comfortably like his remit was to do instead of being stranded at the bottom. Mm, yeah, and then, then you look at the the other end of Kawarik and obviously they've got Clark, who plenty of experience down south, and he's come in. And, it, it, I know it's only mid March, but it's been talked about already. Is he the manager of the year? The season? He's got to be in the shortlist. Yeah, it's got it has to, be. to be. I mean, obviously, Rod, if, if Celtic got him in the double treble, then I think you would have to really give it to Rodgers. But, yeah, Clark's got to be a candidate. Yeah. Well, you consider they were what bottom setting bottom of the table. I think it was only goal difference separated them and Partick at the time when he came in. Um, that was twenty two games ago. They've all lost three. He's only made two permanent signings um, in Malumbu and in fact the other boy um, can't remember his name from Aston Villa is only on loan. Loan. Yeah. Um, but Jones. Yeah. Was he on loan? Jones was already there. I mean, since. Um, uh, Clark came in but it's been the same group of players that Lee McCullough couldn't get anything out of and that Lee Clark previously um, struggled with and it's just he's turned them into a top six side and you know hopefully 
this will be killed off tomorrow, but they are a contender to win that Scottish Cup as well. Hopefully that will be killed mm-hmm. off, as I say, but, you know, as an Aberdeen fan, I'm dreading tomorrow because of the form that they're on. Yeah. Well, you look as well, not just the record in terms of being down at the bottom of the league. I mean, in terms of winning games at home, they were they're struggling. They could have won at home. And what that, I think that, is that eight in the spin? Well, it's nine wins at the last ten. The other game was a draw with um, Hibs. But they'd won eight in a row, I think, and then drew with Hibs and then won again at the weekend. So... Or it was seven in a row, sorry, then drew, then won the last two. Because remember, they were just won last week as well against St. Johnson. So, I mean, home form, terrific. But they've only lost three times yep. since they took over. Yeah, once to Hibs, yeah, met up part 3-0, and then obviously twice against ourselves, both by 3-1. Yeah, win. so I'm uh, so. Do you know what? He's, he's got Chris Boyd scoring goals. Um, some do, I think they were saying Sporting, 19 goals he scored. Um, this season, which is phenomenal for Chris Boyd now, because a couple of seasons ago, I generally thought he may have a season left in him or he'd start drifting towards the low leagues. But this season, he's just been a goal machine again for them. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, we've been talking, sorry, John. Um, we've been talking a, a good bit about Chris. Um, we've been talking a good bit about Chris Boyd all season. Um, more negatively at the beginning of the season because all of he had so many media commitments. Um, his newspaper come with some. Um, his um, sports sound gigs with BBC and obviously Sky. Um, and he was just mouthing off and mouthing off and mouthing off. And I think it's no coincidence since Clark's came in. His media sound bites have went down. Um, he's just done the occasional ones for Sky. He's not done in for the mm. BBC for us. He's not done a call for Sun much. Um, and he's been scoring goals. He's back on form. Clark's got the best out of him. And he's gotten focused again. And, you know, big credit to Chris Boyd for that. Because, you know, he's obviously listened to it. Even at his age, he's listened to a ma- manager and thought, Right, I need to do something. And, you know, he's doing a phenomenal job. He's getting the service as well. That's helping. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Alexa Brophy and Neil Erwin doing a lot of good work mm-hmm. around him as well. I mean, that, quite surprises. Erwin obviously signed, was decent at Motherwell, good prospect, but down at Leeds, didn't work out. He's come back up the road. He's got, what, he's got five goals. I think he can probably push on and do better. Obviously, the last couple of games he scored. Brophy probably one of the more improved players in the league this season. Mm-hmm. Um, Kamara without Jones and Malumbu. Saturday, I know Malumbu was on the bench. Um, so, aye. A lot of credit. I think as well, a big thing for Kamara is O'Donnell at right back. Yeah. He's like a right winger at times. Mm-hmm. He's got a bad pace about him, lad. I mean, you can tell he's quite confident in the ball as well, which is fantastic. Yeah. When you when obviously you're playing for, well, you look at you would say one of the mid-table teams. You have someone that can like be a good defend the ball, so attack. And he can do both. I definitely. I mean, I think even some people were saying he was maybe a possible contender for Scotland squad. Don't know. Is it a right back? Obviously, neither or not. Perfectly short, shorter, just now. Yeah, that's true. Oh, oh, yeah, as well. What's that, Sergeant? Well, come on, that way as well. Let's go on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we may as well move on. 
though I've probably not much to say. I'll probably focus more, more on the game tomorrow. Um, than what happened on Saturday. Partly Thistle against Aberdeen. What, uh, you mentioned earlier, Tony, Thistle had they won. There's four games, it's now five games, but at least they picked up a point. Aberdeen, who only about four, four games ago, we scored about 18 goals in about five games. We've now scored one goal in four games. I kind of persisted with May, who just, every time he plays, he seems to just be a, a yard off the pace. I mean, Rudy was in good goal scoring form. He was out of the team again. Uh, so it's a really it's a difficult thing just now. Mm-hmm. But the, the game tomorrow night is going to be massive in terms of Aberdeen season because the players at the moment look as if their confidence has been knocked. If we go to the cup tomorrow, you wonder then how our season ends. Mm-hmm. Well, I've said this much in my blog, um, which is on the, the website. Um, I've not held back too much because you know I I actually think that if we don't win our season could implode. We've got Hibs on our coattails now for for third place. Um, if we lose tomorrow, and either Kamal or Kamal will go and win the Scottish Cup, and we finish fourth, we miss out in Europe. Um, so this is a this is a massive game for us tomorrow night. Um, you know, once again. Too many changes in the team. Dominic Ball coming out of nowhere. He'll probably end up getting dropped yeah, tomorrow. It's very concerning that we're in March and we still don't know the best team. I mean, I thought we were getting there with our best team in January, you know, when it looks as though it was going to be, always going to be McGinn, Christie and, uh, and Mackay Stephen as your three behind the front man Rooney. Um, that seemed to be working well, but all of a sudden that's changed again. And I just don't know what McInnes is thinking behind that. Is he's, hit, he's dropped Mackay Stephen, he said Rooney is a winger, um, he keeps moving Christie to the wing. Um, he's playing far too many players at a position. Um, he keeps persisting, but guys aren't playing well, i.e. Anthony O'Connor. Um, and it's... You know, we're not getting a settled team. We're not getting enough consistency now. Um, you know, we've dropped behind Rangers in the race for second. Um, it's just very concerning. Um, I know a record against Kilmarnock's good, but these runs can end at some point, and it would be a bad time for that to happen tomorrow night. Yeah, but I mean, I mentioned earlier on when we were on that wee good run, uh, February. We had a, a yeah, pretty a more settled lineup, but I saw the goals. Stephen May was out of the team because he was injured, and it was a case of well, when Stephen May does come back, he's got to earn, earn his place back in the team. He's not done anything to earn his place back in the team. And that don't all be over, overly critical because he's obviously had a lot of issues with, with injuries, but then I guess it's got to see that. They were on good form. Why, why, why didn't play? I know certain games maybe. He sees me as being more useful than what Rooney is. But Rooney is on the back as, of the obviously a non-Aberdeen fan, I don't understand the persistence of this um, top change with Rooney. Um, I, I've seen it throughout the season. I, I, obviously, I don't get to see Aberdeen as much as you guys or 
follow him as much as you guys, but any time I've ever seen Rooney play, he's, he's always got a goal in him. But for whatever reason, McInnes doesn't seem to trust him. And hence, you know, you bring May in and he takes him out and he brings him back again. I think with Rooney, if, if he's not getting the service, he's very ineffective because he's not the sort of guy that works as hard for the team tracking back and holding up the ball and so on to give the defence a breather if they're under pressure. So I get that sometimes, but Stephen May doesn't offer the same for me. I've said it for a while now. When you look back at Stephen May at St Johnson, he played as part of a front two with Stephen McLean. He was given licence to, to roam, be free, drift out wide, come inside, hit his shots, um, and he scored 27 goals that season. Well, he's, he's been asked to play as a lone striker, and it's not his game to do that. Um, yeah. He's a confidence player, Stephen May. I think, um, you know, and his return of four goals this season just says it all for me. Two of them were against in one game against Dundee, and our two have come in separate games against Command. It's not a good record for someone that we paid money, a decent money at 400,000. I haven't mm. had that outlay in one player in a long time. And um, yes, yeah, it's, it's not working out at the moment. I mean, they're still playing in Stevie May. But right now, for the sake of him and for us, we need to take him out because it's not yeah. working. It's not it's his fault. No. He's been asked, as you've said, he's been asked to do a job that he's, he, he's maybe not actually said to He does most of his best work outside the box, mm-hmm. working the channels and different things like that. But then when he does that, you think of owning the box. Because, uh, I mean, he, he, I mean, I've got, this, I've got, I mean, I've got some stats looking at them here with regards to Aberdeen, and I mean, if you look at the strikers, like so, Rooney's got eleven goals so far this season, and then the next striker after that is Stevie May with four. So, you know, I mean, all, the rest of all good here and there, it's basically. Looking at you've got Rooney in eleven, Gary McKay, Stephen, you get the eight, and then Ryan Christie in seven, and then the rest of the team after that you're on fours and fives. So it's obviously tr- getting the goals that's been the problem for Aberdeen this season. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, in the league, we're we're not scoring a lot of goals. We're conceding more goals than we normally do as well. But we've conceded more goals already than we did last season players out of form it was going to be a transitional season but I still think we're, we're capable of a lot more and we'll, we'll probably move on to like Rangers and Celtic McInnes against Rangers and Celtic far too Defense. negative negative yeah. and yesterday showed with both those defences what can be done when you have a goal at their defences because neither defence is particularly great no correct do you know what? I, I was also thinking, I was going to ask you boys this question, you both being Aberdeen fans. At the time of the McInnes going to Rangers, in hindsight now, would you have preferred if McInnes had left and you had brought in Stevie Clark as a manager? Well, Clark at that point had already gone to Kilmarnock, so we would have never got him. But um, yeah, if he'd went to, to Sunderland in, in July or June, whenever mm. it was, then yeah. Stevie Clark would have been someone that we would have taken. Um, with regards to when McInnes was linked with Rangers, had he took it, I think it would have been a blow, but I think we could have got someone capable. Because um, Kilmarnock have showed with the appointment of Stevie Clark that we can 
you can entice a good manager up here. And remember, Aberdeen's still a club that's doing well. You know, there's still a lot of good yeah. things happening. We're moving it to the new stadium in a couple of years. Um, you know, that the Scottish government have said that they won't stand in the way of that. So we're almost there with regards to that. So there's a lot of good things at Aberdeen. It's a big club. Um, and I think we would have been all right. But, you know, I think a lot of Rangers fans didn't want McInnes and it's understandable why. You know, the big game record this season is appalling. Um, and no, yeah. pun, no pun intended, but appalling was the first game that we played. We lost that. Um, we yeah. lost some other in the League Cup. We, um, you know, the, the old firm games speak for themselves. The recent game against Hibs, it's just not been good enough. Because yeah, the, reason, the, the reason why I mentioned Stevie Clark was I was thinking, in his short time of being up here, he's already by Celtic and Rangers as manager Kilmarnock. Mm-hmm. Whereas McInnes' record, as you've said, is, isn't been that great against both halves of the old firm. Um, whereas Clark's came up, got a team, a good strong unit, and been able to like beat both halves. I watched them. I, I watched Aberdeen against Celtic, and sometimes, in my opinion, they show a wee bit too much respect. Yeah, they stand yeah. off and, and they let Celtic play around them, and then they're hoping for a break. Aye, it's definitely a, a, he's guilty in that aspect. The, the thing as well, it, it's at a point just now whereby fans are divided. There'll be some that will say, carry on. I think he deserves time to carry on out. It, it's not, I mean, he's a few games out uh, without a win, but it was going to be a, a season of transition. Uh, but I do still think we've got a squad that's good enough to be, to be finishing second. Yeah. The other thing though, there's been other criticism in terms of signings. <sighs> signings this season have they really been that good? Stewart's not worked out. McKay team has been alright at times. Also, we've touched on May. McGinn started well in terms of coming back. Last four games, he's not been great, but then you can say that for majority of the team. Mm-hmm. So, there's things like that. I've seen people say as well about. He's very reluctant maybe to look outside his circle of contacts in terms of getting signings. Mm-hmm. He's haven't really signed anyone outside of the UK. Mm. Or it's not played in the UK before. I think next season's going to be the big season. Because I think, as we touched on, you've got Hibs now, a strong team. You would imagine Hearts will have that season experience now back being in the Premier League. They'll be better and they'll make a couple of signings. You've obviously got Rangers there. And possibly you may have Kilmarnock if they can build upon their success this year, pushing as well. So potentially next season will be the season I think we'll find out whether McInnes is, you know, right right for the Aberdeen job. Yeah, well, I mean, if he if he has to stay on beyond this season, then there's going to be a big uh, transitional period again in terms of players leaving. Mm-hmm. We mentioned that a few weeks ago. I mean, Aberdeen are probably going to be losing, I would say, about eight players out of that first team squad. We've not got a particularly big squad. So there's going to be even bigger changes to the squad next season than what there was this season. Mm-hmm. It could work out two ways. I mean, they could end up. He builds a new team and it becomes more successful. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. We'll see, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Give credit yeah. to Partick. It's a good point for them. Yes, yeah. uh, we should probably move on though because we're, we're quite lengthy already. <laughs> uh, so the game yesterday, my we discussed the game yesterday. <laughs> so Tony, yes, 
your thoughts. Like, obviously, Bade makes his debut, but you find out late on. Boyata's mm-hmm. back in the team. Yeah. Um, defensively, still the same. It's uh, it's panic stations um, with them. Um, Boyata especially. Boyata never seems to learn. I know he's been out injured, and he, that was his first game back. But he's got this thing about him where he has a, a Barese moment where he thinks he can skin a player and go round. And he, he tried it again, obviously, for Rangers' first goal. And uh, it was just horrendous. You could see it coming. That was the worst of it. When he got the ball, I think majority of fans would probably think he'd hit the back of the goalkeeper. As soon as he starts turning, you know he's going to lose that ball. Just by the shape of the way he moved. Um, so, the, yeah, he's. It's just, I think with the defence, it's it's just the same things we can week out see happening, and no matter what defensive partnership. Don't get me wrong, I think the young lad Ayer is going to be a cracking centre half, but finding that somebody to help him during the rest of the season, if we end up playing. That, Big teams from Europe who can beat us in second gear. Aye. But, but yeah, you ended up winning. <laughs> yeah, no. That, uh, I mean, that, that's the thing. It's a weird thing about it because um, performance-wise, going forward, I thought we were good. When we did it, go forward, I thought we were fantastic. I thought Edward, when he came on, was amazing. Um, the big thing I think that happened for us was weird enough and Simunovic we sent off. But we went to like a four-four-one, uh, and uh, midfield came a diamond. So it gave Edward a wee bit of space behind Dembele. So then when we attacked, we then turned into a kind of four-one-three-one, um, which I don't think Rangers were too sure about uh, how, how to get at us. And literally up until the last maybe five, ten minutes, I think Rangers were just confused about our style because we went from attacking them to sitting back and waiting for them to make an error and for us to counter-attack. So it was a good tactic by Rodgers and in the end it worked out really well. Aye, very clever because you expect when you go down to ten men, maybe a attacking player will get sacrificed and then a maybe more defensive-minded player will come on. But no, he mm. flips it. And takes Forrest off and puts Edward on. Um, I, need to, uh, I need to pull you up on this one, Tony, right? Because yesterday, I don't know, maybe it must have been after about maybe half an hour or so. Is the very play? Do you know what? I think Michael Stewart mentioned this in Sporting um, that at times he looks. Just so interested at times. Um, he just kind of wanders around. He picks the ball up, does nice wee touches, but doesn't do anything. And then all of a sudden, bang, he gets his rhythm going. Um, the first half, I, I think he only had two touches of the ball that I can remember. Um, but he then scores a great goal, and then he sets up the next one. So, yeah, with the know. Would you say that that's what he was like as well last season? Or do you think it's maybe a, he's got an attitude now that he's always too good for the league? 
you know what? I don't even think his attitude. I think he's probably not been 100% right since he came back from his injury, if I'm being honest. Whether it's maybe something psychological, he's worried a wee bit about something. He doesn't look like the player he was last season. I'm hoping that he'll have a good run and by the end of this season and the start of next, he'll get back to the way he was last season. But certainly since he's came back from the injury, I don't think he's looked as good as he has been. Yeah. Need to ask as well in terms of Edward. What's your thoughts on Edward? You like his uh, side him? Um, it's a hard one because I think PSG are asking for about seven, eight million for him, as well. I'm led to believe, and I can't see us spending that on Edward. I, I really can't, to be honest with you. Um, and is he worth it? I, I don't know. It depends on where you play him. For me personally, I think he's good if he's behind Dembele or if he plays on the left. Um, a left of the three midfield because uh, he cuts in from the wing but other than that I don't know if I can pay the 6-7 six, six, million for him I think that just shows where the market is just now because um, no, this is a boy that's not even in the PSG squads and that's just the kind of value that they place these players on Um I've not seen enough of Edward to properly judge him. Um, I've not overly been impressed, but the last couple of weeks has been better. He was certainly good against Morton um, when he came off the bench and then yesterday. Um, if he doesn't do much else, he's Celtic career, we remember for that. Um, I think it's pretty much safe to say that that's the league well and truly over. Um, one thing I need to pick up on, um, you mentioned Simunovic. There was a couple of people saying that it was never a red card. Andy Walker said it was harsh. I've looked at that instant about ten times, trying to find a reason why that's not a red card, and I can't find one because he looks at where the uh, Morelos is, and his arm is, you know, he's just put his arm uh, across his face. It's maybe not as malicious as what it might have looked, but it's a red I think card. That's what yeah, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, yeah, it's a red card all day long, to be honest with you. Um, I, I think at first, viewing when I seen it first, um, I didn't think it was a red card. But then when I seen it a couple of times afterwards, I thought, yeah, he's he's clipped him, he's gone. It's, it's just generally, and, and this is some of it's all over, he, he doesn't seem to not read the game, but he, he's make, he, he does things that isn't needed. All he needed to do was just kind of run beside them. Morales, and then he'd be fine. But for some reason, he's tried to cut across him to get to the ball, and by doing so, he stuck his arm out. And instead of keeping it out straight, he's then bent it, which has then hit him. So, yeah, it's, it's a red card all day. Uh, need to ask as well thoughts on Encham? Yeah. yeah, he had a fantastic game. Um, his distribution at the beginning of the season was, was a bit dodgy, shall we say. Um, it wasn't great, but yesterday, um, he just bossed that midfield, I thought. Um, he controlled it. Uh, he was spraying passes. I think there was one pass he'd done um, in the first half that he sp- sprayed all the way out to the forest on the right-hand side. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, hopefully, we'll, we'll find him in a, a position that's suitable for him because the minute he kind of plays alongside Brown I think he could be an attacking midfielder to be honest he's got that about him 
Um, but at the minute, um, he's playing alongside Brown and he's keeping Armstrong out of the team. So, yeah, he's, he's, he's doing well. I, well. I'm sure obviously just back from injury, so... Yeah, but I, even before the injury, though, I think Incham was getting in before him. Um, yeah. Armstrong's had, had quite a bit of a bad year, to be honest. He, he's not really took off from where he was at the end of last year. Um, so, Incham is in there and I think Armstrong will struggle to get his place back. Nice to have those types of problems. He gets his big goal as always. You've got McGregor, it's not been a regular. But they, all come, they all come in and they chip in with their goals. Well, that's it. I mean, I think they had Roberts on the bench. Um, they never brought him on. So he's due to come back. Griffiths is due to come back. Hopefully, there's reports that they're hoping they'll get him back before the, the Cup game. Um, and obviously, if you look at it as well, as much as a good game being had, he's a third-choice goalkeeper. Um, so, I mean, that gives you another option. For me personally, I'd play him um, until Gordon comes back because I thought Bain looked better. Um, in my opinion, De Vries has looked in the last couple of games, so I'd probably give Bain a run now. Yeah. Uh, so we'll move on. Scotland squad. Good to see some fresh faces in Almost half, 13 out of 27, playing enough football domestically in the Premiership as well in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm happy with enough with the squad. Um, no disappointment from my point of view that Shinny didn't make it um, this time, but um, looking at the people that are there, uh, you know, most guys are playing regular first team football, um, they're playing at a decent level. There's a couple of boys from Fulham who have been a good run the championship. Um, yeah, Scott McKenna being in is good. I thought Suter would have made it, but apparently he's had an injury because um, him, both him and Bearer are both out. Um, but big worry is up front because. Obviously, with Griffiths are injured, you've only got Cummings in this Oliver McBurney at Barnsley, or in loan from Swansea, and Matt Phillips is listed as a striker. It doesn't really give a lot of confidence, because Cummings hasn't quite kicked on at Rangers yet. Mm. Um, but who else do you pick? I, uh, I think McBurney will be the one that will start the first game. He's at least playing regularly for Barnsley. Possibly gives us something a wee bit different as well. So, but I, I think the squad is very positive. It's good to see the likes of McKenna and McGeek. It helps who we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Kenny McLean, who's been in and around the squad, been in a couple of times. McLaughlin, who you'd mentioned a while back. He's in, Archer's in as well from Millwall. Yeah, he's having a steady season there. So there's a good few few folk in. What, six on cap, nine on cap players? Um, I think so. Um, six people are in the squad for the first time, including Barry Douglas of Wolves, um, who's been playing well. Another left back. Um, so it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see what he does with that. He's already said that Kieran Tierney won't play right back, which is good because Tierney just is not comfortable on that side at all. Mm-hmm. But I think he could do a job at centre back. Well, supposedly he's come out and say that's where he sees him playing. And by all accounts, it's going to be a 3 that might, us. that might actually suit us with the personnel we've got because there's not an awful lot of width apart from Forrest. Um, there's not really a lot of um, width, although I've just realised Ryan Fraser's still on the squad. So, but I am Phillips, but 
Uh, it might be, it might be worth a go anyway. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, he looks at as many players as possible in terms of giving them games. Because uh, I think that'll be a worthwhile exercise. Better, you mentioned. I suppose like better's been playing with pain killing injections to get him two games. The McLeish has mentioned as well. Maybe some of the players that are under the squad just now, the more experienced ones, have not been dismissed. Um, but just maybe he wants to take a look at other players at the moment so I credit to him mm-hmm. uh, we'll wait and see what happens if I don't send it off friendly as well later in the year against Belgium so I'll let's see what it's, happens it's good to see a lot more Scottish based players um, in the squad because I think that was one of Strachan's um, big uh, things that went against him was that he was picking players from the championship ahead of the likes of you know, your McGinn's your McGregor's that kind of thing um, so it's good to see that obviously McLeish is looking at the, the SPFL and bringing players um, through from that to get a game for the national squad. Mm-hmm. Definitely, it's players as well that are in teams that are doing well, as opposed to Strathclyde was guilty of picking players that were probably low in confidence at their clubs. So yeah. that never worked out. Let's try something different, see what happens. I did. I was just going to say, I definitely. Um, you know, Strachan used friendlies to give guys who weren't give, getting games for clubs game time, which was the wrong thing to do. McLeish is bringing in guys who are needing experience at a national level. Good on them. Um, let's hope we get a couple of positive performances and results out of them. I also see appointed uh, Peter Grant and James McFadden and Stevie Woods um, a part of his coaching staff. Any thoughts on that? Well, I know certainly Woods as a goalkeeping coach is very highly thought of. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan is involved with, is it Fulham? I may well be. Um, I'd need to uh, Google that. In terms of, uh, I think, in terms of some of the younger players, and then he kind of sees McFadden as someone that players can relate to in terms of, you know, a lot of hopes were on McFadden's shoulders for a while because he was that type of player that kind of. Try and call what you called him. Just to say about Gallus, Gallus type player. Maybe you never could have quite used it. What to expect? So, aye, seems fair enough. Yeah, Grant is at at Fulham, and he's uh, he's got a good coaching background behind him. Um, So, no, I'm happy enough with that. And McFadden, as you mentioned, will bring a bit of uh, no charisma to the the group as well, and no. And Stevie Woods, it's a refreshing goalkeeping coach because obviously Jim Stewart had it for such a long time. So maybe freshening up is quite good. And plus, Stewart's getting on a bit too. Um, no, happy enough to give it a go. I think as well, I did something earlier. The most experienced player in midfield in terms of the centre of the park in the squad is McGinn, who's got five caps. So could be that we're looking at a whole new midfield. I think we had to be honest with you because the team that finished with backing, they weren't getting any younger, let's be honest about it. Um, I think we do need to start looking for like, young players and getting them in and getting them caps so that when they're in their mid-twenties, early thirties, they've got experience and we're not just like swinging them in the deep end and hoping that something happens like we have recently. I definitely it's a chance for McLeish to go in with fresh ideas, fresh light, build a new team, build his own team the way he wants. 
I think he'll be a different type of team to what's dropping. Uh, play not terms of obviously personnel, just personnel, but tactically I think will be very different. Um, I expect it will be a case of what McLeish was like first time round, whereby it was a case of making it hard to beat and then see where it goes from there. But that's, that's how you build a team. Mm. I don't think we'll. I don't think we'll be. We'll be seeing it second football. I don't no, think no. many people really bother as long as we can get results. Yeah. I think when you're not having exciting football, but getting beat as well, that's what it's a bit of a stigma. As long as we win and get to major championships again, that's the beer and end on. That's why he's only in a two-year contract. So, yeah. Um, He's using the friendlies for the right reasons, and let's just see what happens from here. Aye. Uh, we'll move on. Uh, actually, before we do predictions, I shall ask, uh, sometimes at the start of the podcast, quite often do, Tony, your first appearance on the podcast, are you having a drink? Um, I am indeed, yes. I've got a small whiskey. Just a small whiskey? Yeah, uh, sipping it away, so I've been well listening to you, lads. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely helps when you first start doing it. Just to ease it <laughs> out. John, what about yourself? Um, I've just finished a summer fruits. Nothing alcoholic, I'm afraid. Uh, uh, cheeky wee Malbec for me. We've got a red wine. So. Nice. You'll find me doing that. I'll use a gas at some point. If it's not that one, maybe talk about wrestling. Oh, right. I, I'm a fully fledged member of the WWE Oh, I know, yeah. Oh, aye, the network. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pie chat normally gets mentioned. Oh, pie, yes. Yeah. <laughs> we like Come on, look, you still always do the, the best pies. Aye, but they, they lost their contract. Did they, right? Aye. Because I fight over the name. But it's now the Kamalic pie, as opposed to the Kelly pie. Kelly pie. Um, I think back in the day, so I'm talking about the mid nineties. One of the one of the best ones as well was Wraith Rovers. Wraith Rovers used to do tremendous spicy pies. Back spicy in pies. The, mm. yeah, oh, it was just amazing. So there were nothing better than the old Wraith Rovers Stadium. We used to That's go fun. there on the train. I think I imagine the toilet should be good after that. The football. Nigeria <laughs> 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 like, Scotland games. I don't know if you still get it, but you used to get the you get a Mister Sign. And chicken and barber pie as well. So, Aye. Yeah, a lot of yeah. pie, pies have moved on at the football. You get different flavours in some of them. I think you get macaroni pies now. Personally, I wouldn't try that. Um, See, I'm, not, I, I'm no big on Scotch pies. I like lots of other pies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a Scotch you, don't get, pie, you don't get Scotch pies down here. You no. miss them? Eh, sometimes. Um, it's... Um, down here, Wigan are kind of known for the love of pies, shall we say, the, the area. And I have all, I actually been to like a, a rugby game where there was Wigan fans in, in front of me and they bought a pie and they actually then brought out like two bits of bread and stuck the pie in between the two bits of bread. Oh, quality. <laughs> Which I've never ever seen anywhere else before, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. They do it in I don't I've not actually not had one. An old pie. I put most things in a row, but I've not yet tried a row with a pie. It's a pie that's itself is quite a big eat, and then a roll on top of that. But 
Yeah, the, the texture does, does me so well with me, if I'm being honest. Uh, I don't see I myself trying to roll in pie. Yeah, I don't pie. So, we've got St. Johnson against Hibs. Uh, St. Johnson, 29 to 10. Uh, the draw is 94 and Hibs are 20 to 21. Uh, Tony, I'll start with you. See as you're new on. I'll go for one each. Uh, one each, just uh, simply because St. John's are in a high after the Dundee game. I know Hibs are in a high, but Hibs have got this tendency to do well and then kind of slide a little bit. Um, so I'll go with one each. Cool. Uh, John? That's a good theory, that, Tony, because um, we've mentioned it before, how Hibs tend to, like, when they win at Ibrox, they then lose to Hamilton. Uh, things like that tend to happen, but I think they're too much of a high just now. I think Hibs will edge it 2-1. Yeah, I'm going to go for 2-1 as well for the IBs. Uh, Saturday then sees four fixtures. So we've got Aberdeen against Dundee and Aberdeen are 1 2, the draw is 31 to 10, Dundee are 21 to 4. Hey, John, next time you. I'm going to go with a very nervy home victory, 1 0. 1 0, you're going for? Mm-hmm. Hey, Tony? I'll go with 2 0. No. I, I, I think Aberdeen's got enough um, to beat Dundee. Yeah, I'm going to go for that. 2 0 as well, is my thoughts. Uh, we've got Ross County against Hamilton. Big game for Tony. Uh, they are five to six. Draws five to two. Hamilton are thirty-one to ten. I will go first this time, and I am gonna go for a two-all draw. A Desmond. Uh, I will go. Sorry, cool. Tony. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm thinking a draw as well, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, I'll probably go with one each. Yeah. Hey, John. Um, I'm going to be. I'm going to go off the fence, and I th- think Ross County might get a an elusive victory. I'm going to go with. 1-0 County. You've got 1-0 County. Are you going to have to keep a clean sheet, are you? No, I, mean, I don't know. I'm just um, taking a gamble with this one. Taking a gamble? Right, fair enough. Uh, so, a wee start. Ross County have been losing at both half-time and full-time on six of the last eight matches. So, there you go. You never told uh, that before we made the predictions, did you? <laughs> Uh, hearts again. Well, okay, I'll give you a, a start with Hearts and Thistle then before we make predictions. There have been under two and a half goals scored in nine of Hearts' last ten home games. Okay, so Hearts are thirty-seven to forty. Draw is nine to four, and the away victory is three to one. John, back to you. Um, I think Hearts will get back and win away. This one not very good away from home just now. Um, go go with. The under two and a half goals and a one nil hearts. 
Tony? I think Arsenal win, but I think Thistle might push them um, a wee bit more. So I'll go with 2 1 Hearts. 2 1. Uh, I'm going to go for 1 0 Hearts. And then last up on Saturday, you've got Rangers against Kilmarnock. So Rangers are 2 5, the draw is 7 2, and Kilmarnock are 6 to 1. Uh, as much as Kamara could be in a really really good form at the minute I can see the Rangers bouncing back in this one I think they could probably bounce back quite well I'll always 3-1 Rangers 3-1 Rangers hey, John yeah. um, just before I give my prediction if something I forgot to mention after the Old Firm game if both Celtic and Rangers win all the remaining post-split fixtures, and it's pretty much been announced that the first fixture after the, the split is Celtic versus Rangers, Celtic can win the title that weekend against them, because they'll also have that 12-point league getting into the, the split. I, I remember this ha- was supposed to happen a couple of years ago, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, um, was it Dyla was the manager? I think back then, in his first season, it may have been. Or was it, um, it couldn't have been Rangers without the league that year. No, uh, what was the year? I remember when Lennon's and we had to go and Celtic had to go there and Celtic ended up getting B three two. It may have been like, it must have been Lennon's. Yeah. They were three 0 down at one point. That's um, yeah, and I remember that because we had the chance to win the league at Ibrox and we just had a yeah, I was I was in a, I had a nightmare of a game to be honest. So. Uh, yeah, I don't like winning league deciders at Ibrox or anything like that. I'd rather win them at home, to be honest. <laughs> well, Celtic are going to be at home that one, but um, so I've digressed a wee bit. I think Rangers won't actually win this game. I think it's going to be 1 0. You're going 1 0. I am going Desmond again. And Sunday, we have Motherwell against Celtic. Motherwell are. Let me just check odds. Yeah, I don't know what's happening. I can't seem to find the odds on my bookie just now. I don't know why, but I am going to go for 2-1 Celtic. Um, John? Um, yeah, I don't know what's happened to the bookies. I just tried there myself. Um, yeah, I, I can't see past Celtic. Um, I think they went quite comfortable. I'm going to go 2-0. You know, you're going Tony. Yeah, I'll go with 2-0 as well. Um, I think it'll be yeah, comfortable without being spectacular, but yeah, it should be an easy enough for three. Um, so looking at that, we don't touch Aberdeen on the charity bet. We did all go with Hearts. So Hearts could be a possible contender at 37-40. Um, we did all go with Celtic, but the odds, I would imagine, will be too short. To be interesting enough, John, have you had a look at anything that stands out in the leagues? Um, the main one that I could think of that um, was in League One. I fancy Alwa at home to Airdrie. The three to four. Fancy Alwa at home to Airdrie. Let me just check. Aye, that could be good because Aloha 
home form that season is they've only lost two at home and ARG have only lost, have only won two away from home. So I I like that. Uh, putting you on the spot here, Tony. If you and you can see that looks attractive. Not really, to be honest with you. Though seem to be quite more or less going by what we've kind of said. I mean, there's nothing that I would probably go with. That sounds good with the other one, to be honest with you. Three to four. Uh, what I'd looked at in League Two as a possibility is Stirling Albion away to Edinburgh City. Um, if you went with Alloa, so on you go, John. On you go. I was just going to say if you went with Alloa, Hearts, and Stirling Albion, we're coming away with 75 80 profit. Happy enough then to go with that? Yeah, I'm happy to go with that. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then the other charity bet we always pick our first goal scorer from the New Orleans, Twilight Championship, League One or League Two. Tony, as you, it is your first appearance, I'll give you the honours of picking someone. Uh, let's have a look. I'll be honest with you, I wasn't ready for this one. <laughs> Let me just try and see. League one, league two. Is it just a team for scorer? A player. Player. Oh, sorry to make it even harder. Uh, all right, let, let's see who there is. I'm just trying to see who's playing. Sometimes you sort likes of. The strikers at air, Shankland, Moore, um, sometimes McAllister at Peterhead, but they're playing Montrose this weekend. Just depends. I'll, I'll go with the lad Moore, Air, air United. That seems like a choice. Uh, odds for that one will follow on Friday. Um, usually at this point, I would ask if there was anything else we want to discuss, but if we do, we'll be pushing towards extra time. So, <laughs> uh, I should say totally thanks for your first appearance. It's been really good. good oh, thanks for having me. Uh, uh, aye, John, I'll thank you as well. Aye, thanks, John. Thanks to you too. Did a good job again. Uh, probably see you tomorrow at the game. Yeah. Come on, you Reds. So Indeed. Right, cheers, guys. Yes. See you later. Thanks. Thank <laughs> you.